Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the office of Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. How are you doing this morning, Sheriff? Doing good. How are you, Mike? I am doing great. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, I did. How about you? Uh, absolutely. It was wonderful. Uh, I ate way too much um, and now I have done eating way too much for about 58 years and it's starting to show. <laughs> I know the feeling. So I have to worry about that. All right, we're going to get right into this because folks, we got a lot of uh, things to talk about, crime type things to talk about. So let's kick it off with the stats. Yes, sir. Since we met last, it's been very busy. Uh, we've booked in 219 individuals, 58 females, 161 males. Our average so far this year is 372. We've got 461 in custody today and 171 of those 461 are contract inmates either ice orange county rockwall van zandt or marshalls all right so first off this is two weeks worth of stats yes, yes. because last week because of thanksgiving we didn't do our regular podcast um but that's still that's still a higher number of arrests than you've been seeing per yes. week over over the last few months and of course this year um particularly with the addition of, well, ICE finally bringing people in. Uh, you now have the marshals and, of course, Orange County. The contract inmates have been through the roof. Yes, and we're thinking Orange County, we may only have them uh, a couple more weeks. They're getting where they're in a good position down there where they may be able to take their inmates back. Oh, right. But, again, the marshal's office and the ICE are – kind of bringing in a bunch themselves and yes. not that they're going to not that it's going to be hundreds at a time like it's been with Orange County. Well, the marshals are waiting. As soon as Orange County, as soon as we give them the the go ahead, we've got 51 marshals today and they could put another 50. Wow, in. that's that's a lot. Yes. That that's awesome because that's money for the county that's um, that's money for the county that doesn't come from Henderson County taxpayers. Yes, sir. Which is always a good thing. All right, so let's get into uh, some of the uh, some of the crime stories um, that that we're following right now because you've had a couple of pretty important things. The first one I want to talk about is another hit on a game room. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> Deputy Megan Hogan, who is been basically leading uh, the game room investigations force is doing an outstanding job. She was able to uh, Monday gather enough probable cause to present to Judge Scott McKee and he issued a search warrant for a, another gambling establishment in the Caney City uh, in the city of Caney City. They went and executed the search warrant and it was another successful warrant. We ended up arresting five out of there, um, so they did get the engaging in organized criminal activity and then along with the uh, gambling charges, uh, we seized over $14,500 in cash, and then of course we also seized the motherboards for the machines, um, and so now they'll be waiting to go to prosecution, but it's it was another successful game room operation. Okay, so this is three big game room hits or, or three that, you, that you've shut down in the last few months. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, we used to, we tried to do them all at one time. Of course, we were doing misdemeanor investigations. Um, we're finding that really if we just continue to continue to work on them, continue to make arrests, maybe the other ones will get the hint that we're not going to give up. 
All right, and again, um, the interesting thing about this, and we've talked about this in, in other podcasts, but for those who haven't you know, heard this before, the big change that's happened is the uh, prosecution and charging these folks with organized crime because that moves it up into a uh, felony level. Yes, sir. Which brings more time, obviously, more penalties than the misdemeanor gambling charges that were being filed before. Um, and so this is actually a second wave, I guess you would say, of... Um, of raids and busts on these establishments after they had closed down for a little bit. Yeah, they'd actually closed for almost a year. From that first set of uh, uh, of raids that you did when you started charging them with, with the, the organized crime. Yes. So, all right. So it's good. And um, hey, I'm guessing if. Um, they stay open and they keep on doing the same things. <clears throat> We're going to keep working and eventually their turn will come. There you go. Okay. If you are a game room owner, there you go. Straight from the sheriff. Your turn will come. And the reason is not because like, gambling is against the law, but I think one of the biggest things you're concerned about, just from talking to you so many times in the past, is that these establishments are really bad areas. You're talking about... They attract a really bad element. There's usually drugs involved, guns, all kinds of issues. Yes, I mean, there's just the criminal element inside the game rooms. Not, <clears throat> excuse me, not necessarily the owners of the game rooms, but it's the, the type of people that they attract. Is They're not good folks and they're, they're dangerous. And so you end up with some people... A lot of times older people. Yes, a lot of elderly folks. Who can't go to someplace like Louisiana where they can go to one of the bigger establishments. They go to these kind of places and they end up uh, shoulder to shoulder, as it were, with drug dealers and people like that. Yes, yes. And so that's why these are such a big target, folks. All right. The next one I want to talk about is one that uh, just happened, I think, um, either yesterday or the day before, and that was um, you picked up a... Uh, sex offender that you were looking for. Yes, we'd actually, uh, Deputy Matt Gistel and Deputy Megan Hogan worked on this case. Um, we had a sex offender that had failed to comply uh, with the with his registration duties, and he actually, uh, Deputy Gistel, obtained an arrest warrant from uh, Judge Daniel here in uh, Justice of the Peace Precinct 1 for the failure to register as a sex offender. And they went out and located him in the Brownsboro area yesterday uh, to arrest him on the uh, felony warrant. And when they arrested him, <clears throat> Deputy Hogan noticed that there was a, uh, a black zipper pouch that had been dropped and thrown underneath the squad car. And, uh, of course, they gathered it up. It had meth in it. And... Uh, talking to the suspect he confessed that he threw it underneath there so he was also charged with possession of a controlled substance and tampering with physical evidence and he's now here in custody all right so the interesting thing to me about this is the um, failure for this particular sex offender to register so how often are you the sheriff's office checking those lists to make sure. I mean, how does that come about that you know that a particular sex offender has not 
registered like they're supposed to. I actually have a uh, officer here that that is basically her full time job is to try to keep up with the registered sex offenders in the county. Um, she's tasked with keeping up with over 200 of them here in the unincorporated areas of Henderson County and she I mean she keeps close close tabs on them they uh, of course they have dates and and appointments and if they miss their appointments you know she'll work with the other deputies to uh, obtain arrest warrants and and such and and on this in particular one um, he's actually on parole, so we're working with parole right now to uh, see if they will issue a blue warrant so he will not get out of custody until the charges are taken care of. But it's a full-time job for her. I mean, she's got to, when you think about taking care of 200, uh, trying to keep up with 200 individuals and what they're driving, what their email, what social media they're using, where their address is, it's, it's, it's a task. Yeah, but I, I guess I never even thought about that until I saw this particular story um, about this sex offender getting caught because he didn't register. I never really thought about, you know, trying to keep track of those people inside. Um, and so it's interesting to hear that there's actually a, a person here at the sheriff's office whose main job is to track sex offenders in our county. Yes, sir. Now... What happens if like someone from Dallas who's a sex offender moves to Henderson County? That happens all the time. <clears throat> and if they do the registration like they're supposed to, they notify Dallas County. Dallas County will also notify us, and the offender is, has to notify us. Uh, a lot of times some of them slip through the cracks because they don't notify where they're registering, and then they just show up here and we end up catching them late, but then we also will file charges on them because they actually have seven days to notify uh, the registrar of a change of address. Okay, so around the state, is it common for a sheriff's office to have someone like this whose job is to do this? At every agency, somebody is um, in charge of it. It may not be necessarily their full-time job, depending on the size of the agency. Like, sure. Like Trinidad, I believe their chief of police handles it. They've got three sex offenders. So right. when you've got 200, it's going to take, you know, it's going to be a full-time position. So it just all depends on the size of the agency and how many sex offenders they have in the municipality or county. All right. So the county... And, and I think sometimes the people get a little confused about this just because they see sheriffs, uh, sheriff deputy vehicles and sheriff's vehicles all over the county. You actually are, uh, your authority is in the unincorporated areas, not in the cities. So, for instance, the city of Athens, they take care of their sex offenders in their city yes you once you get outside of the city then you're taking care of those sex offenders yes and it kind of gets a little more confusing than that if they have a police department then it's the police department's uh authority inside the uh inside the city limits like uh for the instance the city of Berryville, city of merkson they don't have a police department so that falls back on the county's obligation also. So. so it even gets a little more muddy than <laughs> yes, that. Sir. Yes, sir. Right. How many police departments do we have? Uh, 17. All right. So 
you're trying to actually balance those 17 agencies plus your own and make sure that everybody's yes sir all on the same page all right that's really that's that's interesting to me because i hadn't like i said i hadn't really thought about it until i read this story about like how would you do that um and you know i I'm happy to hear we have somebody who's uh, working on that and, and keeping up with that. So thank you. All right, let's move on to talk about re- really quickly uh, before we get out of here. Uh, one of the stories that we um, we discussed in the past was a missing persons case uh, that you've gotten some news about. Yes, back on June 27th, uh, Troy Cole was last seen on Highway 19 South riding his bicycle, and he was reported as a missing person on June 27th. Well, uh, luckily we have uh, got some some good news, and he has been located. He was uh, located in another area of the state, and he is fine, and uh, we're just glad that this story has somewhat of a a good ending. We always like to be able to locate our, granted it's been six months, but, the case is closed. He's okay, and uh, that's what it's about. Okay, and so the important part about that is that he's okay. Everything's fine. Yes. No accidents, which was what I think everybody was really concerned about, yes. especially hearing the last time he was seen, he was on a bike. I think I know I was thinking, oh my gosh, one of these days they're gonna find him in a ditch somewhere or right. back in the woods somewhere, and something happened. But that's not what happened. Thank the Lord. He's just he just went to a different part of the state. Yes, sir. All right. So I want to finish up uh, today's uh, podcast with every once in a while we have one of those uh, stories that reminds us don't do drugs. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and this is one of them. <clears throat> yes, sir. On November twenty seventh, at uh, we were notified a little after midnight. <clears throat> a female subject on the west end of the county called the sheriff's office and notified us and said that uh, there was a subject that was had broken into her house and was asleep in her laundry room. So we respond. The deputies go out there, uh, make contact with her, and locate a male subject passed out in her laundry room floor asleep. So um, we woke him up and he was placed under arrest for criminal trespass of a habitation and then after speaking with him um, he basically told us that he wasn't sure what was going on he had used meth the uh, day before and it was causing him some issues not to be able to remember what was going on he didn't know why he was where he was at and so he got to come to jail for uh, breaking into her house and going to sleep breaking into her house and taking a nap. Yes, sir. And, and going to sleep. Okay. Um, once again, and we've had a few of these. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm reminded of the girl who broke into a house and used us to take a shower. Yes. Um, please, folks, please don't do drugs. Yes, sir. Um, this is one of those, uh, this is your brain, this is your brain on drug stories, um, where you may w- wake up one day in uh, with the... Uh, Sheriff's office surrounding you in some strange laundry laundry room. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, okay, so we're going to get out of here. But before we go, like we do every week, I want to make sure that um, we get a chance to say, you, the listener, the people of our county, the sheriff listens to your tips. 
He listens to what you have to say. Um, and so, Sheriff, if you want to give them those numbers and those places where they can contact you. Yes, sir, please. Um, please, if, y'all, if you do have any information that you want to get to us, please reach out. Um, you can reach, at, reach me here at the Sheriff's Office at 903-675-5128. You can contact us anonymously by contacting Henderson County Crime Stoppers at 1-800-545-TIPS. Or you can contact the Henderson County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. You can send a private message to that page. Uh, I will be the only one that can see the message. I'm, I'm the, uh, the administrator on that page, and, and I promise you I will get back to you. All right, and so remember, folks, I have been here where time and time and time again, your tips have been the difference in putting someone behind bars, so keep those tips coming. Yes, sir. Sheriff, thank you very much for letting us in to see what's going on in our sheriff's office, and we will see you next week. Thank you.